Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. Lousy question, but I gotta ask it. You're you got a Stanley Cup contender that's in 32nd place here. Are you worried about your job? No, I worry about taking care of my daily business and my daily process and making sure that I give my players something to focus on and concentrate on. No one's happy with where we're at. We all own it. Uh, we can be better, and that's where my focus is. It is a lousy question, but it did need to be asked. And spec laying it out there for the head coach there it is welcome to got your back folks can you believe it two nine and one the orders drop one to the san jose sharks jason strudwick standing by to break it all down got your back brought to you by our good friends over at sherwood buick gmc if you missed out on the friday the 13th sale and you wish you had attended you're in luck they got a big beauty going on here black friday sale come on down to the store on November 24th and 25th to take advantage of their special Black Friday promotions, including up to $7,000 in discounts. That'll make you feel a little better, Oiler fan. Go get a nice truck at a fantastic deal. Mention the podcast, Angela, and you'll get some specialized pricing. And as a free bonus, you'll get three free ultimate detail packages. Go see Phil and the crew in Sherwood Park or online at gmcpod.com as we're coming to you from our Sherwood Park Long shot studios, all game days, all hap- all day happy hour specials they have going on all game days. $5 long shots lager. Great place to watch the game and uh, to check things out. Well, Struddy, you know, I was like many other people out there. I was calling <laughs> an oiler route tonight, selling the San Jose Sharks short and thinking that the Oilers were finally going to tap into little bit of that magic that they seem to be able to find when they need it. They haven't had it this year, but this was going to be the night they tapped into it. They didn't tap into it, Struddy. That is a monumental letdown, and staring up at rock bottom is the title of this pod. That's where they are, pal. Yikes. Yeah. Big picture thought here. Uh, well, it's there's an incredible story to write. If you're looking for a positive, like this is the ultimate – Comeback kid story of all time. Um, but it is a monster job they have to do. There are 31 teams above them that they have to climb up past uh, to ultimately do what they had set out to start the year off. But, you know, reality is, Shogger, you just start, you got to start with one shift, one period. And I know it's cliche, but honestly, um, they, you just haven't seen it. You just haven't seen it. So this is the team they are this year. What happened last year, we have to park that. Because this year, we have not seen that team. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Uh, we are live streaming on Twitter and on YouTube, and the, the chat's on fire already. So you can, uh, yeah, Steve Taylor is going to try and manage it if he can behind the scenes, uh, juggling hot potatoes. Uh, and in our Ask Us Anything segment, we'll engage with you, the fan that's uh, listening. Uh, that's coming up. 
Let's get right to our uh, breakdown segment here, Struds. We might as well get to breaking this thing down. Brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel. They specialize in heavy-duty truck and trailer repair, performance, tuning, parts, and sales. Adrenaline Diesel has seven gigantic bays, and there's not much they can't figure out for you. Marty and the crew have high standards. They'll leave your truck in great shape, like it's right out of the factory. Go to AdrenalineDiesel.ca. They made it close at the end. Doesn't matter. Because somehow the Oilers did not show up with the right stuff tonight. They did the other night in Vancouver, came out and played really well. We all saw the frenetic pace, the energy, the finishing checks. Tonight's struts, they came out. San Jose had two of the really good scoring chances early on. I felt like the Oilers were on their heels. Somehow, on a night where they had to conjure up uh, their best effort of the season, they allowed this game to be a complete no-hitter. A total no-hitter tonight, but I think they were for 15 hits in this game tonight. So the intensity wasn't there from the start, and they were squeezing their sticks. I don't know how they allowed themselves to start this game so crappy, but they did. Yeah, a little different start than what we saw in Vancouver the other night. Um, I, I agree with you with the hits. I think that's there. But the one thing I take away is I thought that they were, I think, squeezing their sticks. There was so, so <laughs> many, like... Uh, uh, mishandling the puck or hope passes and the hope passes what I, I would call you're just kind of putting it to an area hoping somebody's there um, double clutching on shots uh, you know and then double clutching then someone getting in the way of your shot and blocking it like San Jose give them credit they were diving in front of everything they I don't know how many block shots they had to have well over 20 block shots and then even sticks in the lanes like just how many times do we see pucks get redirected up into just above the goalie and like it was the Sharks made it really hard to get there, mm -hmm. but the Oilers double clutching and moving and just, it, it just felt like it was um, not a frenetic pace, but just a very like kind of herky jerky, kind of like when someone learns how to drive a, a, a standard for the first time, you're just like, it's just, it's not smooth. And that's how the whole game felt for the Oilers to me tonight. This team has had its guts ripped out. Their mojo is gone. Everything that was special about them before, that they could they could bring up those special moments, the players could find them, McDavid could find them, Drysaddle could find them. They no longer have the ability to tap in to whatever that special thing was that this group had before that came with being the big guns offensively with came came with having you know two of the best players in the world that mojo that was the fire beneath this team that allowed them to get away with shitty starts and allowed them to ah get away with this and that because they just had that that swagger it's all gone it's all gone but the the mistakes remain and so when they go to lean on something there's literally nothing there. They have no <laughs> core game to lean on at all. They have no characteristic that's consistent in their game. They have no effort level that's consistent in their game. Their team has no personality. There's a bunch of nothing. They're looking to lean on the mojo that they've always gotten by with, and it's not there, and there's nothing in its place, Struds. They are lost as a group. They are. And I think that if you're looking for a moment that it was expresses everything you just mentioned, it's when they drew the penalty with two minutes left and again, the power play last year, that puck would have been the back of the net probably before the San Jose shark player was able to sit down in the penalty box. Like they were dialed in and tonight, you know, they had some decent looks um, mostly from distance. You know, I think uh, Leon had the one from the side of the net that, that, that hit the side of the net. But they're, it's just not a confident-looking group. They're, and 
They're in specifically on that power play. And I think that they, a lot of their, you know, to use your word, mojo comes from that, that those moments. That power play was hot garbage. One of their most important assets. And I'm talking about early in the game. I don't mean later. Yeah. I mean, early in the game, when they came out, had a shaky, nervous start, their goaltender bailed them out. Their power play gets a look and they were garbage. McDavid making that play. I mean, McDavid coughs up the puck for a shorthanded breakaway yeah. against in a moment where the team is needing something. That's just that's just what we've seen from him, though. The, the surety in the hands is just not there the way it was before. The laser focus and the deadliness with Drysaddle's shot, it's gone. It's not there right now. And there is a massive crisis of confidence that is happening in this room right now. This is multiple times now that Leon Drysaddle has pointed to issues of confidence. We'll get to the Weiss Johnson down box here, a Drysaddle post game. It just, it just happens, you know. I've, I've had uh, weeks before, um, you know, where it didn't go my way. You know, this one seems a little more drastic because it's early on in the year. Um, but I've had stretches like this before. Every player in the league has had stretches like this before. So um, I'm not overly worried. Um, you know, the, the goals goals will come. And, and if they don't, then, um, you know, you got to continue to find different ways to score. Yeah, I mean, Drysaddle's susceptible to confidence too. He, he talked about that tonight. Um, but here they are sitting in the basement, right? I think they're, what, they're tied for 32nd. But with the tie break, I think they might still be in 31st based on points percentage. That's what the standings are showing at this hour tonight. So um, that's where it's at. But but you know what's bizarre, Struds? That two of the best offensive players on the planet, the two best offensive players on the planet, the last little bit here, they are so middling with their production and are playing with so little confidence. How does confidence fall out of their game the way it has mm -hmm. for players that are this yeah. amazing and high end. I, I I can't recall seeing something like this. Both of them at the same time. Yeah, I think the challenge, you know, and I understand what Leon's saying. He's not worried. He's not too worried about it. But the reality is right now that no one's scoring for this team. And so it makes it really hard. It, usually you kind of have one guy kind of find it, you know, lose his mojo and another guy's coming up or the guy's finding his confidence. And But it seems like everybody's out. And when you're two most dangerous players and two of the most dangerous players in the world are both really struggling, it makes it really hard because it doesn't flow for everybody else. And it's unfair to put it on their shoulders, but you're the leaders. You've done it before. This is this is where you're at. Um, you know, I, I, this, I feel that when you are struggling, you've got to really simplify your game. Uh, make every, you know, take as many shots as you can, make them hit the net and just work your ass off. Just work your ass off and just get some ugly ones because it, you know, well, in Leon's case, he did get one last game, but it didn't seem to kind of get him going. But it, just to simplify it, and I, I was never a great goal scorer, but, you know, you, you sometimes got to outwork your problems, right? Outwork your your struggles and try to find a way out that way. Let's dig into the numbers a little bit here. Uh, we'll paint a little bit of picture with some some detailed numbers from Sport Logic. So the Oilers, their best looks came off the cycle tonight when they got the tilt to world goal in the offensive zone and were working it around in the corners. 24 6 were the chances off the cycle uh, in favor of the Oilers. San Jose had 10 chances off of turnovers in this game. Way, way, way too many. 
Um, Oilers won 53.6% of the puck battles. SportLogic tracks that. So if you're wondering if it was sort of battle level issue, you know, they won roughly just over half of the puck battles. I would suggest on a night like this that needed to be higher. Uh, 9-5 were the high danger chances. The power play goes 0 for 4. And they were just sputtering. The whole team struggling with confidence. Let's just break down the goals here really quick. You and I had a little text exchange. Jay Woodcroft after the game uh, on the, the blown coverage in front. He wanted to look back like 20 seconds earlier in the shift with some bad passes and some turnovers at the other end that led to the puck coming back. But your perception on Dylan Holloway's play in the slot there and Leon Dreisaitl's 20 seconds or so leading up to that moment. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just take it right to the end there, and 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 the puck is, is is behind, presents itself behind the net, and you know Leon is working his way back to the front of the net, and then Dylan uh, Holloway leaves the front of the net. So when that happens, there's a massive area you could have dropped um, a ten-person spa right on the that area there, and the player's left all by himself right in the open, and bang, gets the puck, boom, no pressure, point blank, he's going to score. Can so, I? Issue with your characterization of Drysidel as working his way back to the slot. Well, I think Drysidel was dragging his ass around for like 15, yeah. 20 seconds on that shift. The only time he actually got a little get up in his step was when it looked like the puck was heading towards the other net. He was meandering around on the ice for most of that shift in his own end struds. And I agree with you, Holloway definitely can't vacate the slot like that. But you watch Drysidel, right? Oh right. my goodness, on that shift. Yeah, and I, and I and that's fair. I I, I mean, I was going to get to it, but it, you know, Holloway's got to stay at the front of the net until it's. And and when I say at the front, of the net, you you got to look at the most dangerous guy. The most dangerous guy is the one between the dots, or sorry, between the hash marks. That's the guy. So you have to stay there. There, but he's anticipating someone coming back. And for Leon, like the level of desperation just wasn't there. You know, you you right now you're barely scoring you know, a handful of goals per game, you've got to hurry and get back there as quick as you can. Try to deny that pass. Uh, just get your stick in, in, in around his stick. And and Leon's strong uh, on a stick, so it probably will limit it. But just, you know, not again, just it's 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 your guy. It's my guy. We'll both take him. No one will take him. Like it's just really, really disappointing to see that because it's just blown coverage. It's not a skill. Yeah. It's blown coverage. This is not goaltending at all tonight, by the way. Not even going to entertain no. that conversation. Like no. Stuart Skinner did his job for the most yeah. part. Uh, these were big mistakes. The two, the two one goal. Did Evander Kane need to be a little bit more intense on his back check there, getting back to the middle? I mean, he, he was like a stick blade away, yeah, from being able to make a difference. Um, but that was a tough. It's a tough bounce for sure. It's a tough bounce. But you earn your breaks, right? If you put your head down and chug back as hard as you can to your own end, even though it looks like maybe there's not that reason to, much reason to skate hard, maybe you catch that break. Maybe you take that bad break and you turn it into a good break because you, you built some karma on the skate back to your own end with your head down instead of doing it slowly. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a bad bounce. But you've got to work your way back towards the middle of the ice as fast as you can every yeah. time. Again, especially when you're not scoring, like everything's going against you. You need to have that opportunity to get back. So, you know, if this, if that's if that's the only goal you're scoring against, okay, it was a bad bounce. But there's two others, right? So kind of makes it hard and probably, I believe, two goals that shouldn't have been scored in number one and three. 
Yeah, let's get to the third one. This, to me, uh, it's all about that play up at the blue line. Darnell Nurse, a uh, bit of a lost board battle there at the offensive blue line, and it, it leads to an odd man rush. I, I looked at it two or three times wondering, should somebody have sensed the moment and darted back the other way really, really quickly? But I don't know that this one was on anybody other than Nurse for that ended up being an odd man rush, not being hard enough on the puck and, and losing a battle on the boards. Yes, I disagree, actually. I think what happened there, uh, Darnell's trying to do too much. The problem he ran into was prior to the puck battle on the wall. It should never have got to that. You're by yourself. You're on an island. You're the last guy back. There's no one else really around you to support you. And he's trying to beat, uh, I think that was um, Hurdle. You're trying to beat Hurdle. You just skate yourself right into the boards. That puck needs to be thrown back down around the boards behind the net. Then there's not even a puck battle, and there's no sense. What is yeah. the best outcome for Darnell Nurse there? Maybe, maybe you beat Hurdle. Maybe Hurdle's a pretty big, strong guy, decent defensive player. So he he just trying to do too much, and it comes from a good place. But the but the board battle should never have happened. I've been in that spot as a D man. You just toss it back into the corner, live to fight another day. Let's get to the Wee Johnson sound box. Uh, it's time to get that garage heated up because winter is on the way. Enjoy the luxury of a warm vehicle or heated man cave this winter. And installing a garage heater will also help if you have rooms above the garage that are always a little bit cooler. Keeps it nice and toasty warm. Go see the great crew down at Weiss Johnson. Weiss Johnson, Weiss Johnson, whoa. All right, to the Weiss Johnson sound box. I think this is Leon Dreisaitl again. 32nd place after tonight. Last in the league. Can you believe it? Uh, it's a reality, so, yeah. Just being reminded that they're sitting in and around that 32nd place. Uh, and I believe this uh, next one's Jay Woodcroft. We're uh, unable to find an answer, but we we chased the game, and there were some, you know, I think costly errors that led to goals against, um, you know, uh, disappointing. Yeah, I mean, for them not to come out tonight, Struds, with all kinds of energy and all kinds of enthusiasm and all kinds of finishing checks and frenetic energy and all of that, I understand being nervous. I understand being nervous and there's a lot riding on it. And I said on SportsCenter today, they said, what are you going to be looking for tonight? And I said today, I'm going to be watching very close to see how this team reacts if they're faced with any adversity. Heaven forbid San Jose get the first goal. Heaven forbid something bad happen, and it's not just a dominant night by the Oilers, like lots of people were thinking. What will this team do? And what this team did when faced with that adversity was get nervous, forget how to play energetic, up-tempo hockey that earns you breaks, and they played a scared, weird game for most of the rest of the night after that. Yeah, I'd agree. I think I, I would outline a couple of players I thought they were going for. I'd say Darnell Nurse uh, brought a lot of energy to the game. You know, a nice goal. Uh, you know, the sec the air on the third goal notwithstanding, I, I thought he brought a lot of energy to the game and he was coming a lot of ice. I thought, you know, Holloway for the most part had some juice going and and, and I thought Fogel as well. Um, Eight know, shot attempts for Holloway, by the way, tonight. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, there's a guy I thought that at times, I, th I think he, he just – Kind of hold it too long. Just get it to the net. Like, just just get it to the net. You need – you're not feeling it right now. I don't think he has a point yet in any game. Just put it to the net and then see if something can be created off there. Um, but I, I, I've I, been on bad teams. You know, and unfortunately, I played on some bad teams. I usually played great, but those few – that few times where I was on a bad team, it's it's 
You, you just wait for something bad to happen. You think something bad's going to happen. And then you start doubting yourself. You're doubting your team, doubting what you're doing. And you can just feel that energy on the bench. They flash to the bench a lot today. I give um, you know the camera guys a ton of credit. They were on that bench a lot. And they just, the guys on the bench look small. They, there's no talking. Uh, they're just sitting there. Like there's just nothing going on. And there's no energy on that bench. And I... I Thousand mile stairs, eh? Like they're just... You're, you're almost not done before you start, but you're just like, you got to come out and, and, and the only way to turn this around, you know, you, you, we can talk about any change it might make, but the only way is for individuals to bring effort and contribute effort to the game, bring energy to the game. And I'm not saying this can help them win, but even when you're not feeling it, you have to fake it. You have to keep bringing it time and time again and faking it. Then eventually you start believing, you know, we heard Darnell or uh, Darnell uh, Leon talking about his, his comp lack of confidence. It, and, and eventually it comes out, but it doesn't just happen. You don't just wake up and more like, oh, no. okay, I'm better. I'm, my fever's gone. It doesn't work like that. You've got to work your way out of it. Whether you're a, a scorer, a hitter, a penalty kill, a goalie, like you got to work at it and battle out um, and bring that energy. And I, I, I just don't see it. They, they, to me, a shocker, they look like they feel really sorry for themselves most of the time out there. Yeah, I, I would say so. And not understanding that every single one of them has a chance to go out and you know, change the narrative a little bit. Like who's stepping outside their comfort zone in any way to try and elicit a different result? Who's going out there and like trying to do something different, yeah. trying to, I mean, this was the fact that it was a no hitter. The fact that there was little to no aggression or aggravation. The fact that the orders just were basically tiptoeing through the tulips for the entire night, just trying not to make anybody mad. Right. Heaven forbid you make someone mad. There's more than three quarters of this team that are just trying not to make anybody mad every single night and trying to make it look good along the way, finishing the odd little check here and there. Mm -hmm. It takes more than that to win in this league, and everybody has a share in that. And not enough players on this team are willing to do anything even remotely uncomfortable to try and elicit a better result. That's on all of them. That's on dressing room accountability, man. They have not been able to find that and bring that out in one another on this team. And the sign of a good team is when things are in the ditch, people start doing shit to pull it out of the ditch and nobody's doing anything. Yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. And, and it's not just hitting, right? There's other ways. It's now, to be fair, the Sharks didn't have a ton of shots, but, you know, getting in front of shots, uh, you know, getting your sticks in the lane, um, you know, maybe take a shorter shift than you're, you you want to. Like all those things that just add up. And again, I go back to the same thing. You may not be a vocal guy. It's time to start talking. It's time. Like your last place or second last place. Now's the time to start talking and saying, hey, let's get going. Come on. Good shift, nursey. Way to go. Good. Like just any way to kind of get some energy going. And because it sucks when you're losing, it just sucks. It is so negative and just so... Uh, and it's just like a, a black hole of energy, just just sucked in there. So you got to step out of your comfort zone. And I'm I'm not just talking about your third and fourth liners. I'm talking all the way to the top. Everyone has to try to contribute energy to the group more so than just when they're on the ice. Somebody's got to do something, and I don't know what that something is. But let's talk about that in our next segment. Should the coach be fired? Should the coach and GM be fired? Should there be a trade made, whether it's a smart trade or not, just to shake things up? Do they spend a bunch of assets to try and move the needle in net just because? Or should they preach calm 
and not overreact to this? What's the right thing to do? I'll tell you what, I can't imagine Daryl Cates is feeling great about things right now. And now he's got Paul Coffey right there, Jeff Jackson right there. They're staring down at Ken Holland, who's in his last year. The patience level has to be being tested in a massive way right now. Who knows? If you're listening to this on uh, what day would it be, Friday, driving around, maybe something's already happened. And if it has, we'll try and update things. What should happen next? Has Woody lost the room? What are the next steps? We're going to dive into that right after this break. Hey everyone, it's Kelly here for United Sport and Cycle. The wait is over. United's annual Hockey Day sale is finally here. Save 20% off on select CCM and Bauer skates. Save 35% off on all Bauer and CCM Pro Stock sticks. And save up to 25% off on select Bauer and CCM equipment. And for you goalies, save up to 20% off select Bauer, Warrior and CCM goal gear. Trust the experts at your home of hockey for over 95 years. United Sport and Cycle. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club is YEG's top destination for adult recreational sports. Offering over 20 different options, including ball hockey, indoor volleyball, pickleball, and now ice hockey. For all you fans out there looking to lace them up for the first time or get back into the game after a few years off, like Strutty. Sign up by December 13th for the winter season beginning mid-January at edmontonsportsclub.com. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. Takeaways brought to you by Martin Motorsports. Looking for a new quad or side-by-side? Martin Motorsports is stocked up with a great selection of Can-Am Outliners and Defenders ready to take home today. Still a great time to get outdoors and go for a ride. You know what I love? I love when our sponsors get along. So this is the brand new Can-Am HD5 Hunters Pro Edition that Rick from DLR Vinyl Products bought from Martin Motorsports. So our sponsors, visiting our sponsors, spending money. Pressure's on now, Chris. Got to go buy a vinyl deck or a vinyl fence or something for your house from Rick over at DLR, right? A little quid pro quo. Maybe go buy a truck from Phil or, you know, if you're selling your house, use Reenie, the shark of the park. Like, I love it when the sponsors are spreading the wealth around a little bit. Good stuff. Uh, okay, Struds, uh, we played it off the top of the podcast, but I'm going to play it again here just because it was a very poignant question. It's on everybody's mind. Mark Spector to Jay Woodcroft after the game. This is a lousy question, but I got to ask it. You're, you got a Stanley Cup contender that's in 32nd place here. Are you worried about your job? No, I worry about taking care of my daily business and my daily process and making sure that I give my players something to focus on and concentrate on. No one's happy with where we're at. We all own it. Uh, We can be better, and that's where my focus is. So normally I have a bit of a sense of what is going to happen and where things are at. I'm going to go full disclosure tonight. I'm a little bit lost on where things are in the moment because I I believe there are Frankly, there's a couple of factions within this organization, right? You've got Cates and Jeff Jackson and Paul Coffey. 
kind of overseeing things. And then you've got Ken Holland, sort of the sage veteran on the front lines, making the actual decision in the moment. And he'll be doing that in conjunction. It wouldn't shock me if there's a massive level of impatience at the high end and just they just want stuff done, including that. Um, and if Ken Holland is preaching some patience here. I, I don't know that for a fact, but that's my gut. So I'm a little bit lost here on who might win out in a scenario like that, right? Who's actually going to make that final call? Is Ken Holland ready and willing at this point to pull the trigger? Is it even the right thing to do? I wouldn't do it yet. I would wait and see what happens in Seattle. If you win a game in Seattle and McDavid and Dreisaitl get off to Schneid, you've completed your three-game road trip. It's been pretty brutal, but at least you finished with a win and then you can see what happens next. I'd let the road trip play out here before I made the move, but it is white hot, Struds. White hot. What do you what do you think? Where where well, should it be at? Well, Sunday night you said that you think that they need to get five of six points. Now yeah. you're gonna settle for two. What's changed? Yeah, no, I know. But I didn't say five of six points and then, you know, absolutely it's all over. I think you you evaluate where you're at and evaluate what you've seen. And I think they need to let the road trip finish. That's my point. Let the road trip finish. Yeah, I mean, I, I stated that I, I I wanted to see some uptick in play, right, and 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 improvement. And like the thing is, it's it's you know like tonight, obviously oh, a bad team, but they they out they outplayed San Jose except to find they so they beat the Sharks but lost the game. If that makes sense, that's that's how mm -hmm. I see it. And the problem is it's the San Jose Sharks. I wish I would have been saying this about the the Vancouver Canucks. Um, but they didn't. The Canucks beat them, and then you know tonight was here. So, you know, it, it's at a stepping stone. I, I guess you can use it as a stepping stone that you know you had some you had some good moments, but there's a lot of things that are just out of whack, right? It's just it's just not there. So, is that on the coach or the players? And I think Ken Hall has to decide that. But I I would guess that you know a, a decision about the coach is probably going to be made at a higher level than than that than Ken Holland. You know, if you're Jeff Jackson, you're going to weigh in there one way or the other, aren't you? Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, no, no. Like Ken Holland isn't making this decision in a vacuum. You know, when you don't have a contract passed this year, 1,000% the decision needs to be made in a group here. Like, this is the problem. Jay Woodcroft is not displaying himself as a guy who has answers to problems. He's not. He's not displaying himself as a guy that's able to find the right levers to pull to find these answers. And if you're, whether you're Ken Holland or Daryl Cates, you're watching it and it's, it's kind of plain as day. The results, the big mistakes continue to happen. The results aren't coming. The things that were the best about your team have been broken. Some of it you could argue broken by overhandling. And it's just been, it's been a mess. And so, you know, you let this road trip play out and you see what happens, but uh, it's it's hurtling in that direction. It is. As, as unfathomable as that is, when you look at what this guy's winning percentage is behind this bench, you can't take a Stanley Cup contender and have it crumble in your hands and mm -hmm. to the point where it's just sand falling through your fingertips and not have answers. And, you know, that that's tough. But that's the life of a coach. You need to clearly come up with answers, and he hasn't been able to find them yet. But with goaltending like they've gotten and two-star players who have fallen off a cliff the way they have, if it were to happen, there's a hell of a case to be made for, man, does that ever feel unfair for some yeah. people. But it's a results-oriented business, man. It is what it is, and he's not a guy standing there with solutions. And, and that's the problem is that – there's a lot of things I think out of Jay's control 
that he he probably could take it the hit for, right? There's just a lot of things going on. Um, and the problem for the Oilers as a team is that this feels a little bit like the Vancouver Canucks, I think the last two years, where they start out terribly and then they kind of find their mojo toward the end of the year, but it, it really doesn't matter. At the end of the year, you're, you're too far out of it. So, you know, this slide is continuing. Uh, November, what it is, ninth today or 10th today, you know, you're getting pretty darn close to, you know, the witching hour of your lot of points out. Like you look at the orders, they have five points. The top team in the league has 23. Yeah. And you're almost talking about 20 points. That's a massive number of points. When we all thought, myself included, they would be in at least the top 10, if not the top five. Uh, and I, I had them second their division. So, you know, I guess you can give me that. But it is just, it is so far out of whack. It's just, it's crazy. If Ken, if you're Jeff Jackson and, and you're Paul Coffey or Daryl Cates, whoever, whatever who's running the thing, and and Ken Holland comes to you and says, I got a trade I want to make, and I think it's going to help, and we're going to keep the coach and we're going to make this trade. I know it's hard because I don't have a specific trade for you. Yeah. But would you would you be comfortable empowering him to go ahead and pull the trigger on something like that? Last year of his deal, I mean, it's clear I, I don't – I don't think he wants to let the coach go. I think it's a last resort in his mind. And so is there a trade that can maybe try and turn this around before you have to take that step? Well, I'm sure there is. I mean, like, or sorry, the possibility exists, but the price to make something like that happen that I think would make a difference would be, I think, difficult to make. Like I, Jordan Bennington, I'm not a, I don't know that that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Jake Allen, I, I view him as a backup goalie. Um so the price to get rid of Campbell and the price to bring him in is going to be pretty, quite expensive. And you're, you're not, are you upgrading? You have a new fresh face, that's for sure. But I'm not sure it's an upgrade. Um, so I, I, I just don't know if there's solutions out there. That, that's, that's my question or my issue. Um, maybe you look at a, 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 a skater. You know, can you make a player with a skater or a deal with a skater? Maybe that's more likely. Um, to try to make a, a deal with the skater, find someone who's also kind of looking for a change of scenery and move it on. I just, it, it just feels like every door we, or every possibility you look at, you open the door, there's just a brick wall there, right? Like there's just, they're so hard to move, Shaga. I, so unfortunately, I think that leads us back to the door that has the coach's face on it. And I I don't think that Jay is is the the the, the only issue. And I don't think he's he, – he has to wear some. He's the coach. But, you know, he's done a good job the last two years. And now he's out um, because I don't I don't know that there's any other ways out. I don't see another – I don't know that there's anything else you can pull. Any, le- any magical levers you can do that aren't going to just kill you. Yeah. And you're starting to mess with your team's ability to compete for a playoff spot at all. Like, you're really starting to mess with that if you let this go – too long like it's one thing to have to battle your way back to get into the conversation like they're already going to have to play a pretty high percentage hockey the rest of the way here just to just to get themselves into that now you're looking up at teams that are potentially going to fall off a cliff um some of the teams that they're chasing but if you let it go too long you know you just you really start messing with things in the big picture and the level they're going to have to play at is pretty significant so you know They've got this game coming up against Seattle. You let her ride for that. They lose to Seattle, and, I mean, it's done as far as I'm concerned. I think that's, you know, I can't imagine that it wouldn't be. Um, but do they do it in between here? I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't have a sense of it in the moment, 
But my guess is, my guess is he's down in there behind the bench for at least the next game, and then we will see. Man, hard to. It's crazy that we're talking about this stuff and in this place. Like this was, this was, and that's why it's as white hot as it is because it was not supposed to be this way. But here it is, very much uh, this way. Uh, Streddy's perform uh, appearances and performances here on the podcast <laughs> are brought to you by our good friends at Kinprint. If you're a new company, Kinprint can help with logo design and branding. Visit kinprint.ca. You're going to dig into a little bit into this in Strutty's world too, hey? A little bit about maybe the team sensing what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, sounds good. So we're going to chat a little bit more about that. And we got tons of activity on the stream here. So we're going to take another quick commercial break. Strutty's going to dive in a little bit more to the coaching situation and then ask us anything. Stay with us. Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit RedefinedHealth.com. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. If you're looking for a night out on the town and want to make sure you and your fellow fun lovers arrive safe and in style, call Ahmed Enterprises. With their stretch limos and party buses, they can accommodate groups up to 22. Servicing Edmonton and area, Ahmed Enterprises provides luxurious, reliable, professional transportation. Whether it be weddings, parties, casino nights, game night at the arena, or any occasion, give them a call at 780-231-6018 or check them out online at ahmedenterprise.com. Mention Got Your Back sent you to get 10% off your luxury ride. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> All right, time now for Strutty's World, brought to you by our good friends over at Pathfind. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. They can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Find your organization's path forward at pathfind.ca. Strutty, what do you got, buddy? 
Well, we're there, right? You're, you're at the point of the season, which is just a, you know 12 games in where you, you're, you're struggling. And there's a lot of talk about the coach of the Edmonton Oilers, Jay Woodcroft. Now, Jay's had a good run uh, for a couple of years, for sure. It's third round, second round exits. That's pretty damn good for a guy that just came in and kind of turned things around for the team. Um, but he struggled, and he's really struggled. And, and I, I want to talk a little bit about the perspective of a, of a player inside inside the room. Uh, you know, players will say they, they don't pay attention to social media, but their friends do, their family does. And they might say, hey, what's going on with Jay? Is he going to be there? Is he not going to be there? And, and it starts to weigh on you a little bit. And I, I was only in this situation once uh, when I was with Vancouver. Mike Keenan was our coach. And it was pretty well known that Brian Burke and Mike Keenan weren't going to last forever. So it's not like it's crazy. Um, that th- th- thought he was going to get fired. But you're just always in the back of your head, right? You're always wondering, is this going to happen or is this not going to happen? Or is, is this guy going to get get fired and let go? Then who would be the new coach? How does that affect me? So there is a little bit of a mental kind of gymnastics going on when you're when you're in a situation where you're not sure if your coach is staying or if, or, if, or if maybe one of your players is staying, and that can get in your head as well. And it's hard. It's hard to clear the mechanism and just kind of go and play and just go for it. But it does get in your head, even even the, the highest, the, the best players, even they're thinking about it. Because then you start thinking, well, man, I really like in this case Jay Woodcroft. I don't want to be responsible or partially responsible for for his you know ousting as the coach. So there's so many emotions going on in there, and I, I, I even I sometimes I forget what is going through a player's mind, whether it's his struggling, the team's struggling, he feels responsible, he doesn't want the coach to be fired, or he does want the coach to be fired, or whatever. Like, there's just so many different things going on. I think that, you know, that is also on top of starting with five points in your first 12 or 12 game shocker. So it's not easy, right? There's so many emotional things going on and, and mental gymnastics going on at the same time as a player. Yeah, it's got a way on you for sure. Here's a question I have for you in the big picture about an organization's decision to move on from a head coach like this. How much would you talk to McDavid before you do it if you're Ken Holland or Jeff Jackson or whoever? How much do you consult with mm. Connor McDavid? Is it just, hey, heads up, this is happening? Is it, hey, heads up, we're in that vicinity? Is it, you know, like, is there is there a world where Connor McDavid is like, we can't fire another coach? Like at a, at a certain point, and it'll mostly come out of Toronto, you know, it starts to look bad on the players and the leaders when it's coach after coach at a certain point. And, you know, is there a, is there a time and a space for me, David, to have that say that, no, it's, you know, don't do it. We'll figure this out. I don't know the answer. I'm asking the question. I genuinely yeah. don't know the answer. My gut is he would be drawn in at a certain point, but maybe it's pretty late in the game at that maybe you don't put him in a position to have to weigh in either way or i don't know what that dynamic would be yeah i i think every every player would be or sorry every situation be unique but let's be clear they're not asking the third line left winger what he thinks about this coach that is yeah. uh, unless that's your captain in the case of dave lowry right who's kind of or uh dave lowry no what's the what's lowry sorry? winnipeg who's yeah. lowry's Adam, sorry, Adam Larry. Yep. So he's your captain. So that's a little bit different. But when you're at the level of a Connor McDavid, I'm guessing there might be some, maybe an open chat just to kind of get a sense of where the team's at before you make the decision, right? So you're like, hey, you know, how are things going in the dress room? How is Jay being received? What's the vibe from him? Rather than, hey, we're thinking of getting rid of Jay. What do you think? 
you know, like because then then he has to weigh in one one way or another. So I think it's more a general, or it'd be more of a general conversation, just in in the line of, you know, how's how is it going in the dressing room? How's the energy of the guys? Where where are they seeing with Jay? What and, and those types of things. I think that's more when you're at because it's. I mean, that'd be a hell of a thing to put on a player, especially if the player doesn't want the guy to go. And I don't know that Connor does or doesn't. I I, I no idea, but. That's a lot to put on someone, a lot of pressure on, on, on a guy to make that choice. A lot of calls for Daryl Sutter. Lots of people on the stream, lots of people on Twitter. I don't see it. Um, yeah. As much as this has been a disaster, you know, it's it, it probably a multi-year deal. And now that's the guy that you're going to put in place to convince your two-star players that things are going to be just fine and he'll have the answers and here's the tone that's going to be set. The problem is they might need a firmer hand than they currently have, right? They might, uh, they do need a firmer hand than they currently have. Sutter's kind of on the other end of the spectrum. They probably need something somewhere in the middle, right? So I don't know where Gerard Gallant comes in. Known as a pretty, you know, likable guy, a player's coach, but I think I think he can have a pretty stiff hand there sometimes too. Glenn Gullitson would be an issue, uh, uh, an option. He's been in the organization. You wonder how different the messaging would be. Yeah from Gullitson, right? He's been there for a long time, but there's a strong relationship there with McDavid and with Dreisaitl and with the core group. But how different, how much more firm is he going to be if that's what this group is needed? But it's hard mid-season to replace a coach because all you've got are the guys that haven't been hired yet out there. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's a really small pool, right? You're not you're not able to go and, like, you know, harvest from all the different teams and their assistant coaches and all that stuff, right? Like, it's really hard, and especially this early. Like, there hasn't even been anyone else fired. So at least you could pick someone else's fired coach up off the ground if you maybe want to do it. So it's just – it's a complete, like, just a, a mess – to think it go on. I, I'm not Sutter. I mean, I guess you could, if you're really passionate, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I just kind of say when the way he went down finished in Calgary, is that really what you want is to bring up their, their no, guy. It's not. I, it's I just not. don't see it. Gerard Gallant. I don't view him as a real technical coach. I think he's a, a player's coach, right? Yep. You got Bruce uh, Boudreaux out there. I, I don't see him as a real um, tactician either. Right, like he's a good guy. I think the guys like him, and he there's some accountability there. I think, but I just don't see him as a real tactician either. So, you know, what are you trying to do? I think you got to have a mix of stiffness, uh, a tactician, and someone who can communicate the players. And I don't see that guy sitting out there today. Um, so, you know, maybe Jay can get him going and, and and be a little bit stiffer, a little more stout with what happens on the ice, um, and and as far as accountability. Because that would probably be the best outcome for everybody if he's able to bring that into his coaching repertoire. You got to present it like you have some solutions. You got to show that you're doing something different. You got to show that you're willing to step out of your out of your comfort zone as a coach and and rattle the group yeah. in some way, shape, or form. On the YouTube stream, Chaos Never Died says Sutter would crippler crossface Bouchard in less than a week. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that combination of Daryl Sutter and Evan Bouchard, the way that he's played uh, for a whole bunch of this season. All right, that was Struddy's World, brought to you by Pathfind. Let's get to uh, Ask Us Anything. Uh, we're going to get to you here on the live stream. Lots of great action here happening. We appreciate all your contributions. It's been a little chaotic in there, but Steve has been keeping an eye on it. Ask us anything brought to you by the Shark of the Park, Rini Buclan of Maxwell Devonshire Realty. 
She's all about amazing service for her client because buying a house is a big deal, right? Most of us have had to do it. You know you need someone you can trust and you know is working 24-7 to sell your home or to find you a new one. So call Rini at 780-994-0280. You know Rini's still got her oiler sweater on. She's not a fair weather fan, Strutty. The shark of the park can ride through even the toughest times. Look at her in that that graphic yeah. above your head there, she's buddy. Grinding she's, she's, grind, she's grinding it out. She's grinding. The shark of the park is grinding it yes. out. Steve, you're grinding it out, trying to handle this mess on the stream. Um, yeah, so yeah. go ahead and have at her. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. There's just a lot of doom and gloom and uh, plans for the future <laughs> two, three years from now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, some more specific stuff. Uh, Shane Matheson says, Fogel is the only forward that will actually crash the goal. Um, you know, just thoughts on on forwards and sort of, uh, you know, should there be more forwards just, just getting dirty? 100%. Like 100% there needs to be everybody. This is what I'm talking about when you're saying stepping outside your comfort zone. Hey, Struds. Like, mm. did you see Ryan McLeod on that net drive where he drew a penalty? Yeah. He almost talked himself out of it. He yeah. almost didn't do it. He looked at it and was like, oh, had no choice, so he took it to the net, and he drew a flipping penalty. He almost talked himself out of it, Struds. I, I hope that someone, when he came back to the bench, you know, said, hey, man, that's who you are. Or that's, sorry, that's who he needs you to be because you haven't been that yeah. guy. Like just, and not a coach. I'm talking a teammate. I'm talking Connor McDavid, Evander Kane, Zach Hyman, Ruja Hopkins. Like, that's what you need. Yeah. Uh, Neil Garrity says, uh, what can a team do in practice that will make them work harder in games? Not a bag skate, but there's got to be something. Ah, I'm tired of the bag skates. You do competing drills, right? So like, you know, three on three down low, two on two in front of the net. Um, you know, there's, there's a, like, I know a couple really good four checking drills that are continuous and it's, it's just great. Like, cause you're trying to create those habits and that energy and thinking that's the way it's going to be. And yeah, you know what? Sometimes you might rock someone and they're going to get pissed off. That's okay. You're creating energy right? Pissing people off. Like it's, I, I the problem is it's hard because I know you can't do it forever, but yeah. I think a good hard stout practice would be a good thing for them. So I'll take the next one here, Steve Strutty. You kind of called me out on this a little bit too. Ryan, why did you back off on the orders firing Woodcroft after the starting of the week? Just very curious. So I'll kind of clarify my position here. I'm just saying I wouldn't fire him tomorrow. I would let this road trip play out. If they grab a win in their final game, you can maybe read into it, see how you're feeling after that. But I'm just saying I wouldn't necessarily do it tomorrow. Uh, when they get back from the road trip, I think all bets are off at that point. You can you know, look to Sunday and maybe there's a decision made at that point. I would just let the rest of this road trip play out. It was always about letting the road trip play out and then kind of making the call there. Um, I'm not sure I'd step in midstream on a trip here, Strutty, and pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, but if you're one, I, I, I just... If you're wondering, I, I think that not you, but if as if the organization is wondering, I think you've already made your choice, right? Like that's that's the hard part. I I, I don't like coaches blowing in the wind. Like you think about uh, Bruce Brujo last year when they're saying Bruce, there it is, and everyone and their dog knew that Rich Hawker was taking over. Like everybody knew, and even my dog was on on it on that one. So I'm not saying they have another person like that, Rick Hawker sitting on the sidelines. But you know, if you if you're wondering if he's the right guy, then you know, he probably isn't. You know what, though? Th this is the thing. I don't think anybody questioned if Jay Woodcroft was the right guy to coach this team this year. I don't think there was much For doubt sure. about that coming in. Yes. And I would submit to you, Struds, that 
back-to-back wins for this team would have a lot of people going, okay, maybe there's a different thing that can be done here. So you're literally two or three goals difference away from different results that have a lot of people, probably including the decision makers. It is such a fine line right now. Like the reason they would do it is because you have to do something. And can you make a case for it? All the things I laid out, not having solutions, the defensive play break, you can absolutely make a case for it. But you can also look over here, you make a case for why you shouldn't and why it's not fair. It's like this very fine hair trigger right now. I don't believe that the organization is like, yeah, we kind of had a feeling about Jay Woodcroft and now it's bearing out. And uh, That's not what it is. They believed in this guy and suddenly it's all gone in the crapper and they're like, I feel like we might not have a choice. Do we not have a, we, we might not have a choice. And it's at that, do they not have a choice reasoning for the firing, which is different. And and that's when I go through you, because if you lay out all the scenarios that are possible, like trades or all the, all, everything out there possible, calling people up, the one that's easiest is to walk through that coaching door. That's, that's the one that's easiest. I'm not saying it's right. Um, I, I you know, it's just that's just unfortunately the way they are. They are they've been built right now. Yeah, Steve. So Stuart Rosno, sort of along uh, that line, just putting you guys on the spot. Great show, guys. Question for you, and I know you've talked about this a bit, but put your Jeff Jackson hat on. What are the next steps that you're taking? Are you going to change the GM, change the coach, trade, get characters with cup success? What are you What are you going to try to do? I think the room needs a Stanley Cup champion. I do. I think that. Stanley Cup expectations are different, and I think you need to have guys that have kind of ridden that wave before. So I do think this group is hurt, Strutty, by not having uh, just some guys that have been kind of in these battles before Mm -hmm. and faced these kind of expectations before, some calming influences. You know, whether that's a Corey Perry or whoever, Pat Maroon, whatever. Duncan Keith. Yeah, (laughs) Duncan Keith. I think the room is missing. Uh, that for sure so if you're looking to add maybe that's part of what you want to put into the locker room I don't know where you necessarily just go find that I don't think I don't think the orders are on Patrick Kane's list here um but I, <laughs> I think chance. yeah Not I think you're, if you're if you're Jeff Jackson you're looking at you're looking at Ken Holland right now and you're saying you do something what you can't do here is nothing so it, let the coach go or find a player or do something to shake it up and if the general manager doesn't, well, then you'll have no choice if you're Jeff Jackson. The guy that has value right now, I think, is Warren Fogle because of his contract and the way he's been playing. So if you want to make a trade, I think that's the guy. That's the guy. That you, if you want to shake it up, unfortunately, you need more Fogle. Wouldn't you, you be looking more- for Warren Fogle in a trade to to help this team? A guy that skates hard and finishes checks and works hard and, you know, maybe isn't the most skilled, but, like, gives you the meat and potatoes you're looking for? I mean, they got well, enough guys that can skate well that aren't scoring. The, who, the Oilers have that? Or they, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. But I say if, like, who else is right now would you trade for if you're if you're a coach? Like, would, everyone's trying to push Ryan McLeod out the door. So Why? What, what are you getting there? Who would you rather have? If you called me and said, hey, man, I'd really like to get uh, whoever. Name a player on another team. I would like this guy. Okay, I'll give you a Warren Fogel, or uh, I'll give you uh, Ryan McLeod. I'm sorry? What would you say? I'll take Warren Fogel. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that, that's how it's going to work. That's how it plays out. Like, I I don't want Ryan McLeod. I want Warren Fogel, don't you? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And like Ryan McLeod, I, I don't. It would almost at this point, it would be worth it just if you could move him just just for the space that would become available, and so you would at least have some flexibility to do some other things. Like he's he's basically not doing anything. He's had a just a horrendous start to the season. This is some of his worst hockey that he's played as an Oiler, and it's extremely mm-hmm. frustrating for them because they see what he can do in the playoffs when he's actually engaged and trying and and right. and doing all of those things. It's and I believe that's what the most maddening thing is that they've seen him do it and he just refuses to bring any of that here when the team desperately needs him to bring some of it. It's just been a just been a just a bunch of nothing. Like you compare the numbers and you can say, well, look at Dylan Holloway. Those two seasons have been dramatically different. Those two seasons, 71 and 55. Yeah, no, they have been. And, and I mean, still they both need to find more production, obviously. But you know, I'm just look, I'm just looking like you know, if people want to make a trade, you can't trade away garbage and get back diamonds. Yeah, you know, like sure. that's so. You know, another guy might be Cody Cece. That with that cap hit, a couple of years left on it. You know, like I bet you there's value there, but I don't see a player that's ready to take that spot for the MT Oilers. No. So had you had you been developing Philip Broberg with care and attention, uh, maybe. and had yeah. you been handling his development with kid gloves and making sure that yeah. he was building his confidence every single night, playing a ton in the minors. Um, Maybe you felt like you'd yeah. feel like you had a usable option, but their top prospects, their best players, Dylan Holloway and Philip Broberg, are not reliable NHLers yet to take on meaningful roles right. because they haven't committed to doing that. So now, when you talk about making trades, what do you actually have to replace these guys if well, you want to well, make moves? But let's say this if they continue down this road, these are the type of conversations you have to have, right? Yeah, you got Borgo, right? Wonder if the Montreal Canadiens yeah. would have any interest in him. Pretty sure that they would. Uh, Allen is interesting because I think there's a seven-team no trade there. I think or, uh, there's yeah, a no a trade there goalie. with Allen. I, I, he's a backup goalie. I have a no yeah. trade clause for him too. I, I just don't. Do you think he's? I just don't think it's an upgrade. I, yeah. I so slap a number eight on him. I, I the eighth no trade clause. I, I don't think he's a, he's a number one goalie. He's a backup. Penner's pancake says <laughs> great handle by the way. That was a good handle. <laughs> just watch the Condors highlights. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah if you didn't see it. I mean, the struggles continue for Jack Campbell. Did you see the one that he let in there? Just kind of yeah. flipped past his glove. Yeah, there there is some some serious work to be done for him. But honestly, I, I, I he just needs to go down there and just work on his game. Yeah. Just just get away uh, from the bright lights, and you know, uh, people are going to stop talking about him uh, sooner or later. And I think that's the best thing for Jack. Do you pull the pin on Connor Brown? Did, does the organization need to consider oh, that, Struds? It's a really tough thing. It's a really tough thing because Jeff Jackson was the player's agent. They did the deal in good faith. Uh, he's sitting there at nine games. It did, you know He hasn't started well. Uh, where is his health going to be at? It saves you a ton of money on next year's cap. How much, how much, uh, how much longer is he going to be out? We don't know. We're not, you know, it's not like they're heaping information onto us. I'm not on the road with the team. I'm not sure how much he's been skating. Like, um, but he's out and he's sitting in nine games and we all know those bonuses kick in in the next game. Yeah. I, I can't even, believe I'm going to say this, but it's, it's a, it is on watch right now. I, I can't, a week ago I would have said it's never going to happen, but now I'm just like, is this serious? Like you, 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 you might, you might just have to bite the bullet. Right. And say, you know, Jamie McLennan brought up a fantastic point. Um, I can't, I don't, I'm not sure, probably on overdrive, but, 
the idea being that the order, I mean, they can't do that, right? Like that's Jeff Jackson. That was his guy. Yeah. You know, I think, I think Gagne's dad is repping him now and part of that whole deal. Like the, yeah. he's McDavid's bud and, you know, he was brought in here, all those things. Right. And, and the move doesn't save him a tremendous amount of cap space this year. It helps but next year's where the big savings is because the bonuses and on all that aren't going to hit him and aren't going to hurt him next year. Noodles said, yeah, it's tough to see the Edmonton Oilers do it, but let me ask you this. Would Vegas do it? <laughs> well, Think Vegas about it, man. Did. They are cold. Yeah, they are. And they're I, cup champions. But, yeah, I – geez, man, that's a tough one. I, yeah. I'd, try to, I'd probably try first to facilitate a trade, right, to, to somewhere else. Um, see if they can get going somewhere else. But I – the problem is that they're at a point where you almost have to start looking ahead, man. Like that's because they got who is on the who's on the cap still. It's not Benoit Puglia. Is it Benoit Puglia with two million? Oh, you're gonna make me call it up here. But I the point Benoit is Puglia. they got to start looking ahead. So that's six million dollars. It's two million dollars, whatever it is, and then yeah. I think it's another four for this guy. So that's six million dollars of dead cap space. That's out. Yeah, I mean his bonuses are three and change. I think that that they end up getting dinged on. Um, Next season, if he plays that tenth game, right, that's when the bonus is all. Oh, so five point two, like that's a that's two really good players. That's uh, Buke's dad and Costin. What else is going on there? Uh, James Neal is the one you're thinking about, bud. Oh, Twenty five, one point nine. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I mean, we uh, sort of touched on this in the last show, but Harrison T says Brown is out. McLeod's an AHL centerman. Costin would have would run through guys, and Yamo was huge energy guy. Buke's dad was a great third line center. This team is unfortunately way worse than last year. I think the value of those guys, um, yeah, surprise. I guess you know now that they're gone, surprising a lot of people in the stream. You think they're really missing those guys? Buke's dad, big body, right? Came in, did pretty well here. Costin brought that energy, that excitement. They could definitely use his mojo. How big a piece of it is it? Struts? His character. They they he's a character, right? They miss that guy, and he'd be fighting for no reason, you know, like and. Uh, and so I think they do miss them, you know, like, like for no reason. You, well, it's true. And I, I love that. Like I did it too. Sometimes you just be like, Hey, we're just going to fight because I'm mad and that's it. You know? And so you look at it and, and I do believe they are missing those guys. Um, you know, the, the, the depth isn't just quite there as much. And, you know, they're hoping that some of these other guys can maybe take a step forward and it hasn't quite happened yet. Now it's early. And I was in favor of Connor Brown. I, I, I was on, yeah. I was, it firmly when you saw the contract were you kind of like ooh that's kicking the cap can down the road like, yeah it was man, he I, might not even be here next year and they're going to feel the sting of that yeah but i, I you know I, I was in the mindset that they're they're going for the cup this year so i like yeah. that you know everyone's always like well ken hall is not uh he's not a, what is it what he doesn't think outside the box that's thinking outside the box mm -hmm. right um and they added what i thought was going to be a very good player and he hasn't gotten there yet it's a very small window, though. Nine games is really small. To and he be played what he played four games at the start of last year, missed a year, right? Yeah. And and the engine is still good, man. He still moves good. He's yeah. still you can see the you can see the value in his game and how much it'll help this team if he can figure it out with the hands and the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, and I think that will come. I do think yeah. that will come in time. There was an earlier comment on the stream. I texted to myself because it was good. Chemo man is just he's just swinging in the wind, man. He's so angry. He says. Hire Dave Tippett and then fire him again right away. <laughs> he just wants. Yeah, there's a lot of anger. And and trust me, there's those players are pissed off. Like they are. Oh pissed. man. Yeah. Because yeah. this is not what they wanted to. Like 
you know, we can talk about how, you know, the fans and everyone's all frustrated they're not having. These guys thought they could win a Stanley Cup. Right now, they're 31st place. You know how far the Stanley Cup is away from that? Oh, my the, God. The Blackhawks who are rebuilding are above them, right? Uh, all these teams, that are, they're, they're tied with the Sharks who are just a bad team. I don't think they're even rebuilding. I think they're just a bad team. Did you see Connor Bedard's night tonight? No, what did he have? I didn't see it. Oh, bud. He had, he had four points. He had two oh, and two. Geez. But one of the plays that he made, he reached for a, to knock a loose puck away, but he turned yeah. his stick over. Okay. So he was able to chip it with the top of his blade. Oh, you got to look at it, and it chipped it back oh. behind him, heads yeah. to the net, ends up scoring. Beautiful pass on his assist. Like, I think he's got seven Genos now. Like The guy is it, – it's it's fun to watch. They're playing carefree hockey, and and, and he's been something else. Yeah, but good for him. He's, he's lighting it up. It's it's pretty fun to watch. Steve, let's keep going a few more, man. All right, Stephen Petrick uh, – or no, sorry, New Norway Rick says, forget the Bulin wall. It's time for the Picard fence. I was wondering how uh, how Strauss felt about that nickname. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're going with Skinner next game against Stratty. Good yeah. nickname though. Yeah, good yeah, nickname. It was good. Yeah, I I do want to see Picard though. Um, yeah, really ahead of Skinner, even after he played pretty well tonight. He played pretty well. Yeah, yeah. He played. Pre- I mean, I just he played pretty well, right? So if Jay Woodcross behind the bench next game, he'll know what's at stake. You think he's starting pit? There's like no the chance. thing about the the thing yeah. about Pickard is he's played, I think, a dozen games since 2000 in the NHL. Yeah, like he's he been not been around games. the league much, man. Yeah, he's played, he, he's played 106 NHL games or something. He's, yeah, he, but like he's played he hasn't played games. that many fewer than Jack Campbell, 116 or something like. Yeah, that. yeah like you, you gotta. I By the know. way, the picket fence, uh, there's there's holes in it. Like there's it's there's it's like. <laughs> yeah. Right like a hole every second so ah. no that's not a good name for a goalie <laughs> it's creative yeah. uh, a lot of comments about Saros and just what can we do to get Saros? can we get Saros? how move uh-huh. heaven earth to get Saros? stress well, well, yeah i mean i love you about that what do you think I, he's the shortest goal in the nhl i believe and i've liked him i remember watching the world juniors i don't want to sound like uh those guys that always bring up where they're from and where they saw him play but i liked him right away and i remember people saying he's too small but i'm like he stops the puck I don't care how tall he is, right? I'm not looking to, to to build a tall fence or to paint a tall wall. So, you know, I I think it's going to be really expensive to get that guy. And I don't think the owners have the assets because they have other areas they have to fix, Shogger, or address. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Saros, too, is like your long-term plan gets kind of mucky because the assets you would have to spend to get them would be through the roof. And then the assets you would have to spend to get rid of Campbell would be through the roof. Yeah. So now you've stripped the organization down to parts. Yeah. And Ken Holland has said, you know, he doesn't want that. Like he wants to leave this organization in decent shape. He doesn't want to necessarily do that. And then in a couple of years, I think he's got a year left after this. And then he, well, you paying him nine million? Like yeah. he's a legit big money goalie, right? When McDavid is doing, you've just done dry sidle. So like he mucks with the financial plans in a big way. Uh, Askarov is having a hell of a year in the minors. He's not the answer right now because he doesn't have NHL experience. He's a he's a prospect, but people feel like he is, you know, the answer in net for the Predators yeah. moving forward if they don't re-sign uh, uh, Saros. He's off to a good start this year in the American League, and his his pro career is off to a pretty good start. But uh, what about Blackwood? People have uh, watched him do what he's been doing. Yeah, it's yeah, really I- pretty good performance out the other night. I like the cap hit because what is he two point something seven or eight or whatever like that and he maybe he's your Aiden Hill, 
right? Maybe he can be a Raiden Hill. Yeah. I'll grab the hat hit or the cap hit. Uh, Steve, a couple more, then we're out of here. A few comments on the stream about uh, bringing using this opportunity to bring some more guys up from the uh, from the AHL to give them some NHL experience, because why not? Uh, thoughts on bringing guys up too early, you know, for an experience of what it's like in the show versus building confidence down down in Bakersfield? I feel like that's something towards the end of the year you do, right? I, I don't know that, like, just experience now is really what they need. Um, I think they need guys that can contribute, right? And I And I'm not suggesting that the guys down there can't. But they need, I think, like performances now. They need goals, performances now. Yeah, no, I agree. So you're not bringing up young prospects to come and try and be part of this solution. You're yeah. not. You're not exposing Xavier Borgo to the NHL for the first time in the middle of this train wreck yeah. and saying, "Hey, be part of the way out." Like you just. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just think that's. Uh, I think that's a mistake. Last one, Steve. Oh. All right. Well, Boba Fett says we need a coach with cup pedigree. Quenonville, who we can't get, Sutter, who we don't want to get, <laughs> to bring that experience and poise to lead this group. Majority of cho- coaches are interchangeable. Very few difference makers. But yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about it a lot. But there's there's just yeah. no one out there. Some cup pedigree somewhere in the room, I think, would be good. You know, it's they have it at the management level, but I think uh, in the locker room, it'd be really good if they had that uh, to chip in and to help out. Okay. Uh, thank you for all your contributions on the YouTube stream, on our Weiss Johnson YouTube stream. That was Ask Us Anything, brought to you by the Shark of the Park, Rini Buchlan, our gem of the day. Do you have something in mind, Stretty? I, oh, I we'll got get it. You in a, you've got it? Because I've, I've got, got a follow-up. If you don't okay. pick what I think you're going to pick, yeah, then we're going to have two gems of the day. Brought to you by our great friends over at United Sport and Cycle. You know that logo. You love that logo. They've been around forever. And their store is full of passionate sports fans, right? So when you go and ask questions, oh, they know because they play these sports. They love these sports. Everything you need for the sport you love at United Sport and Cycle, go check out why they are Edmonton's favorite location for everything sports. It's unitedsport.ca. What is your gem? Well, this is one that I heard on the when I was listening to the players' post game. And Leon Dreisaitl, he was asked why they're having trouble scoring. He said, we're not deserving of bounces. And I completely agree with that. You have to work for your bounces. Yeah, I agree. And that was poignant by uh, by Leon Drysaddle. That was not my gem of the day. My gem of the day, we're going to send a shout out to a great friend of yours and mine who's, well, he's going to be in one for the next six or seven months, Jason Greger. Oh. Don't know if you heard this or not, folks, but our buddy Greg's you know, he gets a little rambly on his show now and then. And when he gets going, sometimes he loses track of what's coming out of his mouth. What was the deal he made, Struds? If the Oilers didn't beat the Sharks tonight, he would grow out his hair for, for the next six months. And he's Seven. they're calling it the Leahy. So not that I'm one to brag, but all this yeah. just like it's just the full sides only. Yeah. So for seven months, Gregor has got himself roped for one stupid game. Yeah. 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 Well, that's crazy. I cannot wait to see this. I, I can't wait. This was his tweet tonight. So I, I don't know if you can see that, and I'll read it for people. Yeah. New hat for the next few months, and he's got uh, a mascot head. He's going to have that uh, Sports 1440 hat on for seven straight months, man. Yeah. Seven months. Seven months. 
I, I can't wait to see. You know what it. I think we should do though? Honestly, I kind of because he's a buddy and I feel bad for him. Even yeah. though he pisses me off because he wrote me into a bunch of stuff on his show over the yeah. years too. Like he always does that. Yeah. I think we should offer him an out. I I, I don't think he's a guy that will go back on his word here, Struddy. I really no, don't. He won't. But I think if we rally as a peer group and come up with a solution to let him out of this bet. I think it needs to be expensive, but I think we should start thinking about what the dollar figure is to charity yeah. for Greg's to be allowed out of this bet. I Listen, I, I will agree with that. He should not be allowed out. It can be reduced. So we can you can be possible parole. Depends on the dollar figure. No, there, no, there, no. There's got he, he put it. We didn't have no one asked him to do it. So you can say it'd be like three months. Did he come yeah, up with it no. himself, or did he just he spit him. it out? I was actually listening, and he said, "I'll if they don't win this game, I'll, I'll grow my hair out." I'm like, I almost drove off the road. So I believe they can be reduced with some, and he's great at fundraising. I there's so he's I'm amazing. Not, he's amazing. And that's but, part of the reason why I I feel sympathy and love for him because yeah. he's one of the he's one of the top philanthropists in this city and he does 100%. so much for charity. I want to float it out there. I want to put it out into the ecosystem. Yeah. I think we, wow. and mostly this is because I don't want to look at him with hair like that. I will not it. be able to keep a straight face in a scrum. Yeah. If I look across, yeah. I see Jason Greger with that hairstyle. I will lose my shit in these scrums. Not eliminating. I don't want to see it. Not eliminating. It cannot be eliminated. We need to see this. We need to see If it's enough it. money. If it's enough money. There's not enough money. Everyone, people will pay for him to keep it for that long. Trust me. Uh, let's Okay, let's start the bidding. I mean, 2500 bucks to a no, charity? Not even close. That doesn't even keep it. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of money. Like 2500 No, keep it. It's not you even, think that's not enough? I'm, I'm telling you it's not enough. Right. No, no, not happening. Let's start. Let's start putting it out there. Let's let's yeah. figure out what the dollar figure no, is. Let's for him. not. He might not want out of it. He might say, "Screw that! I'm a man of my word. I'm it. doing it." But I'm, Greg's, I got your back. If I you don't. want to start talking about a dollar figure to an important charity here in town for you no. to get out of doing this, I got your back on that. I will support that. I think what we should do is should have a huge fundraiser for the end. Then we all get together and we shave it, and we all get to take a little piece <laughs> off. That's the fundraiser. You pay to take it off. JL says fundraiser should be extending it, not shortening it. I agree, man. Nate like Hayes not, says I would yeah. donate to make him go through with it. That's what I'm saying. Well, he Does has nobody else feel bad for him? No, no, because he always makes the rest of us do stuff. So I'm saying here, what we should do is we should all pay to be able to shave a little bit off at the end. That is. I don't. I don't want to go near that thing. It's gonna be weird. I'm gonna put it's that. gonna look weird. It's probably gonna smell weird. I just. I don't want to go anywhere near what yeah. that head of hair ends up looking like. I smelled weird before. It's not changing. Uh, all right. Well, we love you either way, Gregs. And yeah. well uh, done, I'm, I'm positive there will be a charitable component to this. Um, and good on you. I look forward to hearing what that is. Uh, nice job on the podcast tonight, Struds. Thanks good to time. all of you on the stream. Lots of great action. Hey, Struds. People were great tonight. So good. Fired up. I love it. Yeah, we really appreciate you all joining. Uh, we'll drop a podcast after. What are we going to do on? Are we doing one Saturday after the game? Sunday. Sunday. Uh, we're going to hold off and go Sunday. Yeah, because yeah. Saturday after the game, depending on what happens, our podcast might be useless by yeah. 9 a.m. Sunday morning uh, if there's news. So Sunday night, we'll drop our next pod. If there's breaking news, we'll hop on as well. So keep an eye on our feeds, our social media channels as well. Steve, great job. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Have a great night.